Welcome to Thinking Reimagined. Thinking Reimagined is a unique platform for thoughts provoking intergenerational dialogue in a diverse and inclusive setting with a focus on impactful change in the global workplace and community. Our stakeholders' conversations aim to spark thought, leadership, curiosity, engagement, collaboration, and learning amongst individuals, teams, and beyond. Enjoy, Enjoy this episode. episode and subscribe to Thinking Reimagined on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and other outlets. Month, the month of June is full. I believe the 12th of June is the World Day Against Child Labor, and the next, the following day, has to do with um, World Urbanism Day. Uh, there's a lot to talk about on this podcast, particularly as regards child labor. We're told that Nigeria has the highest number of child laborers in West Africa. And the figure is 15 million as of 2021. Um, Dr. Amawu told know, that nip. the COVID pandemic has made things worse, particularly Absolutely. its implication on the economic livelihood of people. And that has also pushed more children to the street and to the field to make some earnings. Uh, not a you know, quite exciting news. Though. No, it's not exciting news, Nifemi. And I think even that figure we got in 2020 of 15 million is very conservative because there are many people who do not see this or the act of children working as child labor, because in many, com in many communities, in many families, they rely on their children to work. You know, the children go to school in the morning, they come back, they take off their uniforms. Actually, you see them even in their uniforms, selling items on the street, on the corner of the road, on the bridge, wherever you name it. So I think that number 15 million is actually very conservative. And when you begin to look at the number of children who are trafficked out of Nigeria, which is a byproduct of child labor and everything else, you begin to recognize that the figure is much more higher than it's projected. Um, unfortunately, this is not a data society. And when you don't gather accurate data, if you can't gather the data on birth, then how do you gather the data on where the children are? So that whole thing of accountability for your community, for your children, for your population is very lacking. And it's something that we need to address, not just today, but always. But again, um, if Nigeria has the highest number in West Africa, I promise you after the pandemic, that number is much higher than was previously stated. Um, and it's not about the number, it's about what are these byproducts of child labor and how do we begin to find solutions to retrain people to understand that when a child is not in school learning, you diminish their, cap their capacity to actually become um, adults who are gainfully employed and able to take care of themselves later on. But I don't want to control this conversation. So Nifemi, I think we should bring um, our guest uh, panelist um, Comfort into this conversation. Indeed, we have the Zona coordinate, uh, the Zona Commander of NAPTIB. Uh, perhaps you can help us begin by identifying what child labor is, because there's a lot to um, this expression, particularly in Nigeria, where Many children, for instance, will leave school and join their parents at their place of work. Um, some of them are active 
partners in their parents' businesses. There are people who today will also make reference to their involvement in business or in some form of labor earlier in life as a secret to their success. So help us identify within the confines of law what you understand as child labor for the better understanding of our listener and our viewer. I want to first of all appreciate Dr. Ama and her team and um, the discussants this afternoon on this program for inviting me. I appreciate all of, all of you so much. I want to start by defining who is a child. I want to say that a child is a young human being below the age of um, maturity, the age of puberty, or the age of 18. Somebody that is a minor, a younger person that is not up to the age of maturity. And we can describe the age of maturity as the age of 18. Or some people will even say it's the age of 16. But I, I always like um, defining it as somebody that says below the age of 18. And we discover that um, child labor is an aspect of human trafficking. That is child labor is when a child is compelled or forced to do the job or work down that is more than what is capacity, mentally, physically, psychologically, can, can, um, can accommodate. For instance, we see in, in our society, some children are made to hawk. They are withdrawn from schools by their parents. They are made to hawk wares. They are made to hawk drinks. They are made to hawk uh, loaves of bread, different types of commodity. Some of them, when they come back from school, they don't even allow them to do their assignments. They don't allow them to remove their uniforms. They don't allow them to eat. They, are, they will be hawking wares all about. Some will not be allowed to go to school. All of us, we know that we came from humble homes. But that is not to say a child should be forced into doing the work that is not capable of doing. That is child labor. When a child mentally, physically, is not capable enough to carry out an assi the assignment that is being given to him or her, that is child labor. And we have different forms of child labor. We are not saying that Children should not be made to do some household kills, uh, uh, like sweeping, washing of plates. But in a situation whereby children will be made to be hawking wares from morning till evening, because of that, some of them are withdrawn from schools. They are not being allowed to, uh, to go to schools. Some of them that are in schools, they are not being allowed to concentrate on their studies. They don't have time to, uh, to do the assignment they are being given in schools. They cannot perform. The academic, the academic performance is being affected as a result of them being involved in one child labor or the other. It's not pleasant for the good of a child. That is how I feel like I describe child labor. You know, Thank what you. is interesting? Thank you. What is interesting about yeah. what you stated is the emphasis. I mean, you use the, the words that are very important 
mentally, physically, and psychologically. Um, because that is very important. We don't think very often about the psychological damage to children who are forced at a young age to go out and fend for themselves. And in many cases, fend for their families. It's the, the trauma, the stress can affect their development physically, mentally, emotionally. And it can limit how they interact with themselves, with others, whether as children, even when they become adults. Nifemi made a statement that there are those who would tell you that the experiences they had as a child has led to their success. Yes, perhaps in some way. But the question becomes, how do you define success? Because if success is defined as just financial, then yeah, you make money and you think you're successful. But success is really much deeper. I mean, the definition of success is not financial. And I think we, we get caught up in the financial needs that we forget that there are other humanistic needs that must be addressed when you're, when you're raising children. And then of course, helping people develop and thrive as adults. So I am so glad that you're talking, we're talking about this today because we really need to break it down so that people understand, but more importantly, so that we begin to find the solutions that are necessary to address this issue. Um, and so I'm going to ask you Comfort, I mean, what is it that your agency is doing to address the issue of, I know you, specif you specifically focus on human trafficking, but you're also candid to say that you cannot focus on human trafficking if you haven't ad addressed child labor, because we do know that the children who were trafficked, they're not just doing work meant for adults. They're also in many cases doing work that they should not be involved in, whether it is sexual exploitation of the children, whether it is hard labor, slavery. Um, and we know that these children in the environments that they go to, even here locally, they, they're vulnerable. I mean, we're talking about the orphans, we're talking about street children very often who fall into the wrong hands and the detriment to their well-being, if they do survive, um, they're never the same because they feel neglected, they feel abandoned by their families and society as well, or Nifemi is back. So, you know, what is NAPTIP doing is my question to address these kinds of issues, because we need to look for the solutions rather than just talking about it. Thank you, doctor. NAPTIP as an agency, is against child labor. Section 23 of NAPTIP Acts states that any person who employs, requires, recruits, transports, harbors, receives, or hires out a child under the age of 12, 12 years, as a domestic worker commits an offense and is liable on conviction to imprisonment for a minimum term of six months and not exceeding seven years. That is, if any person employs or recruits a child as a domestic worker, and that child is not more than 12 years old, 
that person has committed a crime under NAPTIP Act, Section 23, 23A of NAPTIP Acts. And Section 23B also say, says, any person who employs, requires or recruits transports, harbors, receives or hires a child to do any work that is exploitative, injurious, or hazardous to the physical, social, and psychological development of the child commits an offense and is liable on conviction to imprisonment for a minimum of a minimum time of two years, but not exceeding seven years without an option of fine. That is to say, as an agency, our law frowns against child labor. And we've been having convictions, we've been prosecuting offenders using, the, using this um, section of NAPTIP Act, that is section 23A and section 23B of NAPTIP Act. That is to say, if a person is being caught or is being arrested, is being investigated on using a child that is less than 24, uh, 12 years, hires a child to work for him or her as a domestic worker in his or her home, that person is liable on conviction to not less than six months imprisonment, two years, and should not be less than seven years. That is that person on conviction can be sentenced to six months, one year, two years, and should not be less than seven years. That is, now to pass an agency, our act has made provision for those that are, for those offenders or that, that are involving children in child labor. So what we are saying to the general public is, those that are employing children as households, they should desist because if they are caught, NAPTIP will investigate them and prosecute them. Some people claim ignorance, but we are saying as an agency that NAPTIP is not, and that is ignorance is not an excuse under the law. That is why NAPTIP as an agency, we have a department being replicated in the commands as, as units. That is the public enlightenment department to units. We sensitize the general public on the dangers of using children as domestic workers, involving children in child labor. Because when such offenders are caught, they will be investigated and prosecuted. That is the stand of NAPTI on child using people, using children as child labor. Thank you. So I, I hear the way you put it. It appears that the law recognizes children to be uh, from age zero to 12, because the first law you quoted did say that any, any child not um, um, less than 12, um, am I right? You know, the, yes. me, that's a very interesting, it's, an in, it's a very thin line because as a member of the United Nations, Nigeria recognizes that their child is anyone 18 and under 18. So zero to 18, you are a child, 18 and under. That is the United Nations guidelines for defining a child and Nigeria recognizes it. And when you begin to look at the Child Rights Act, it is designed again under those terms of 18 being the age of maturity 
But under NAPTIP, you've got the laws of 12 and under because they recognize that there are some situations where children do have to work between the age of 12 and 18. So what she's shared with you is the act specific to zero to 12, but then between 12 and 18, there are some allowances, but they're guidelines that must be followed. Otherwise you've committed child, um, child labor violations. And that's where it becomes very interesting. And as you know, only 24, maybe 25, I say 24, but it could be 25 of the 36 states have actually adopted the Child Rights Act, which has been around, I mean, it's disturbing how long it's been around and that Nigeria is a signatory to the United Nations Child Rights Act. And yet it's not fully implemented because each state has the right to enact it. Indeed. So you have to look so, at it from multiple perspectives. Mm -hmm. so, so now that we see that the NAPTIB law captures, you know, child labor for children to the age of 12, do we also, mm -hmm. does, the, does, the, does the law identifies the measure or level of work engagement for children above 12? Particularly, you know, I hear you talk about hiring, and employing child labor. Most of the child labor we see, there is no form of official hiring that takes place. These are just children who are sent by their guardians or their parents who have obvious needs because we're going to get to that. You know, it's one thing to say, don't hire a child or don't make a child labor. It's another thing to also face the reality of the child and the family from which the child is coming from. Some children, cannot afford a three square meal if they don't have to work. I remember that some months ago, it, uh, the news of uh, the Lagos State governor accosting some two young girls, you know, went viral during school hour. And the governor looked, I mean, well, he seemed shocked that that is happening in Lagos, but all of us know that that's, that, that's a norm in this part of the world. So do we understand, for instance, within the framework of the law, the level of work engagement that is allowed for children above 12? Well, I, I think um, Comfort has somewhat defined it. It's the level of work that a child can do at that yeah. specific age that does not um, cause undue stress. So when you see a 16-year-old, a 14-year-old on a construction site, lifting heavy bricks, building machinery, all the operating machinery, that is a violation yeah. because they do not want to have the qualifications to, they do not have the full understanding or the certification to do those jobs. And it is a danger to them. When you find young girls on the street prostitute uh, as prostitutes, sex workers, that's the word that we use for them, sex yes. workers. That is a violation. Yes. You shouldn't have 14-year-olds, 16-year-olds doing that kind of performing such work or selling drugs. Yes. So there's some very clear rules as to what is acceptable for children to do. Now, a yes. child who after 12 years old comes back from the school and it's helping the parent with minding a younger sibling or helping in the storefront, if there is a storefront or sitting with the goods, 
that's different from putting a child on Echo Bridge or Third Mainland Bridge to be selling things. Yes. That's a danger. Yes. When you put their lives in danger, you have violated these laws is, is really the way to look at it. And I do want to remind you because we all we signed up um, for the um, sustainable development um, goals within that I think is 8.7, I can pull it up whilst we're speaking. It really specifically deals with child labor and human trafficking. They come together because on one hand, you can say, yes, you know, the, the family member takes the child and they're going to take care of them. Well, the reality is that many of these children that are trafficked within Nigeria, they're not going to be, they're not being taken so that they can be cared for. They're taken so that they can do the jobs in the house that nobody else wants to do. They give them a roof over their head, but they mistreat them. We hear it every single day. But again, for me, it's about what are the solutions and how are we going to turn it around? Because we hear the stories every day. I remember that case, Nifemi, about the governor seeing children carrying buckets of tomatoes and peppers, I think it was. I can't remember the real details. When they should be in school, the law says your child must go to school, must go to school. But in the case where they have to work, they have to be at a certain age and that work yes. cannot compromise their studies, cannot compromise their well-being and their safety. This is the Thinking Reimagined podcast sponsored by Allied Empowerment. Allied Empowerment Consultancy offers leadership and innovation through bespoke human development solutions, brain-based leadership and coaching. Allied Empowerment empowers business leaders, teams, and individuals to intentionally accentuate desired outcomes built on trust, curiosity, psychological safety, engagement, and communication. Allied Empowerment, thriving in a sustainable and value manner. We, we also need to um, drive this home. Um, perhaps I can bring... Um... Um, the NAPTIP commander in here. Uh, drive this home, um, perhaps to find I'm out what alternatives, you know, do we have to drive this message home? You know, you did mention, I, I remember at our last event, we talked about the fact that many of, many of um, our families, many, many of our average families have many of these children working as house helps with them even yes. below the age of 12. Some of the arrangements right now is such that they give you a child from a very poor family who yes. has arrived from the village and the agreement is that you send that child to school. So the parent would tell you that, well, it's not liberal after all. This child would have just wasted away where he or she is in the village. I have brought this child home. She would uh, uh, um, mop the floor, maybe do some little work around the home and then I take responsibility for this child's education. How do you deal with issues like these and how well do you interpret it, you know, as we talk about the topic of child labor? Thank you, Nifemi. If you really look at those children that are being used as domestic helps or domestic workers, they are users or madams don't send them to school and they don't allow them to learn any skill. 
what we advise people to do is if you are going, if you want to seek or you want to employ a house, uh, house helps, employ children or people that are older, not children. Don't employ children. Because when you employ children, ignorance is not an excuse under the law. When you employ children, a Nazi arrests you, you will be investigated and prosecuted. And we've, have, we've had convictions, several convictions on this, um, using this section of our law. What we advise during the course of our sensitization is, when you want to employ house helps, employ people that are above 18 years. We are not saying children should not work. From ages 13 to 17, they can work, but there are works they can do that are not harmful, that should not be harmful to their heads. Like Dr. Amar rightly said, if you now put somebody that is under the age, if you engage on somebody that is under the age of 18 in a building, um, in a building site or in a plantation industry or in, um, in, uh, um, in, uh, in cocoa farms, where the work that they are doing there is more than what they can do physically that we affect them, um, that we affect them adversely mentally, that we affect their psychology, that we make, make, um, make them to be traumatized. The work that when they engage in, they are always falling sick. You are not doing good to that child. What that is saying is don't employ a child when you want to employ house helps. Employ much uh, grown-up people that have the physical ability, the strength, the energy to do the work that is being, that, 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 that they are required to do. In a situation whereby you have domestic worker that is less than 12 years, and this domestic worker will be the one to wash for the family, wash the cloth, the whole cloth of the family, sweep, iron and even be taking care of the children and the, that the family, uh, the family has. And these children, they don't sleep by one o'clock, two o'clock. And your children by eight o'clock or eight, eight, nine o'clock, they're, they're already on their beds. Some of them, even, they will be made to be doing the work that ordinary children of the family can do. You are not doing good to do these children. And if, you have house help in your homes. Make sure you send them to schools or make them to learn one vocation or the other so that when they grow up, they will not be useless to themselves, they'll be useful to themselves. That is what that people is saying here. Thank you. Indeed, perhaps we can also appeal to the moral conscience of the parents and of you know everyone listening and watching us. Dr. Tama, perhaps you can help us understand the, if the impact of child labor on child development, on you know their usefulness to the society, their emotions, their their character, their self-esteem. Do we understand the extent of damage that this is doing to our society? 
Well, Nipame, that's a powerful sentence, but uh, that's a powerful question. But before I say that, I want to read to you, it is the global, the global goals, which Nigeria and many countries signed on to, and it's target 8.7, because I meant I indicated that it does exist. It says end modern traf um, tr slavery, excuse me, end modern slavery, trafficking and child labor. Take immediate and effective measures to eradicate forced labor end modern slavery and human trafficking and secure the prohibition and elimination of the worst forms of child labor, including recruitment and use of child soldiers by 2025 and child labor in all forms. 2025 is three years from now. I do not see how we're going to end child labor within three years, when it is a permanent um, fixture in the lives of many children in so many communities, where the infrastructure, when I think of infrastructure, and I speak of infrastructure, I'm not talking about roads and buildings and bridges, I'm talking about education, I'm talking about healthcare, I'm talking about opportunities to learn skills, and to be gainfully employed. Many of the times, that, and we've heard today, as Comfort has said, many times when children engage or are brought in, they don't even engage, they're forced, they're coerced into being child help in the house or selling things outside or prostitution or drug dealers. Children do not make this selection. They don't knowingly say, oh, I'm going to be a drug dealer, is what they're forced into, they're coerced into. Oh, they have no choice. They've been sold because people do sell children. And we haven't even talked about that. But many times they don't have any options. And when you do this, you psychologically damage a child mentally. You have abandoned them. They're going to have a sense of abandonment, a sense of neglect a low self-esteem, a sense of lack of self-worth. Um, no matter how much work they do, they will never be recognized for what they do. You start with do with imposter syndrome. They never can catch up again with their peers because their peers are learning. Even within a family, their, their mates are going to school and they're made to clean up after their mates. There is, there is no comparison to the opportunities that they have. At some point in time, they leave these households, they leave these farms, they leave these jobs, and they're trying to make ends meet because they're not being paid at the same rate, if they're being paid at all. In some cases, there is no pay. In some cases, they're barely fed. I remember a story not too long ago of a boy who apparently was hungry and took some meat out of the pot because he was hungry. And the woman beat him senseless and stabbed this boy with a knife. I mean, for taking a piece of meat or two or three, is that the reason why you cause such injury to a child? Clearly the boy is hungry. That's why he's eaten and you're not taking good care of him. And you will find out that this child is related to this individual. So we really need to start thinking about what are the social um, 
agencies? What are the social um, welfare system that needs to be put in place to support the well-being of children so that they have the opportunity to learn and to learn, grow, thrive, and attain the level of um, education that is available or should be available to all. I mean, everyone should have a primary school education. Everyone should have a secondary school education. And at some point in time, you go to vocational school, you learn a trade, or you go to uni, if uni is one of the things that are accessible to you. But we admire when other people have these social welfare systems, but it doesn't exist over here. And it has to do with the priority we place on our children. What is the priority you place on children? Are you having children so that they can take care of you and so that they can work and bring in money? Or are you having children to educate them so that they improve themselves and they can bring up others? That's it, really, isn't it? So... Uh, what are we going to do? I mean, Comfort talked about sensitization, but we need to go back to communities. We need to educate people. We need to talk to people. We need to put in social welfare systems. We need to change our mindset because the mindset for why people are having children is not in alignment is with what I believe our original thoughts should be on having children and bringing them into the world. If you cannot take care of five, six children, then there's no reason for you to have five, six children. You know, in the past, you say, oh, it's because we have farms. Where are the farms? How many people can afford to have a farm these days? That's right. So you're not having the children to have a farm and to, and to tend to the crops. No, you're having all these children um, because you continue to proliferate and believe that this is the way it should be. But we have to stop and check ourselves. The cost of living right now is exorbitant for the average person. And if you can't yes. provide for your children, then why do you continue to bring forth these beautiful souls that you can't care for? And then they get discarded. The level of street children in Nigeria is alarming. Nobody is talking about them. Nobody talks about the street children. Street children, orphans, they're on the road. They're trying to survive. They're eating garbage, they're picking garbage. And the gangs come for them. And they, they either end up losing their organs in organ trade, or they're doing work that is not going to benefit them for long. Because as they get into older, they, they move them along and, and bring new children in. That's the way it is. So for those children who are on the road begging for arms, and we know that it's organized, because no child wants to be sitting on the road and almost getting their feet crushed by cars. There are people doing it. There are adults doing this to children. It's not right. And we have to address these issues. Absolutely, Dr. Amma, we have to. And all of these have contributed to the English school children. Um, a very uh, uh, sad statistics that stands Nigeria out around the world. Um, a lot has to change, just like Dr. Ama has highlighted the need for a change in mindset, particularly with why we have children. You know, there are people who keep having children because they're looking for a particular sex and they're not considering the economic realities and whether or not, you know, culturally, there's a culture that says, it doesn't matter the number of children you have, God will cater to the child for you. 
but that hasn't been the situation. There are people who have children and they're living in a high level of poverty. This World Day Against Child Labor has identified a very critical theme that talks about the fact that children shouldn't work in fields, but on dreams. And the idea is that a child's childhood is for learning. Don't use their childhood for earning. Uh, we're wrapping up now. Uh, I'd just like us to speak to, you know, we have identified the fact that child labor is a crime and that it is the duty of each of us and everyone to raise our voices against it to make the world a better place. It, 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 it is the point I'd like us to make because this, this child labor is not strange, is not happening far away. We likely have neighbors who are corporates. We have church members. We have people in our society. How can everybody become a stakeholder to begin to speak up? Because government alone cannot do everything. As a matter of fact, I don't know. We have fantastic laws, but the implementation of our law is also another thing entirely. And there's a lot of um, um, there's a lot of challenges to that. We don't have enough manpower, enough officials to enforce this law. There's also not enough willpower, but how do you see the society as a whole rising up to reject this culture that is, you know, of a huge injury to our development? Um, I'll let Comfort go first, but she's the guest. Thank you, Dr. Ahmad. Thank you, Nifemi, for once more. I think um, what basic thing that um, we must continue doing is in enlightenment, advocacy, education of the general public. Anywhere we find ourselves, it is a quota we can contribute in our different churches, mosques, markets, schools, different places, even um, when we are traveling at the airports, Race stations, motor parks, anywhere we find ourselves, we must contribute our own quota as human beings, as Nigerians, as Africans, to educate people. Let people see the need of not using children as for child labor. Because child labor is a violation of human rights, it's a sin against God, it's a sin against humanity, it's a violation of, of the right of an individual. And this can be achieved during true sensitization, public enlightenment, and education of all stakeholders. That is why, as an agency, we can't do it alone. That is why, NAMTIP as an agency, we need the cooperation of all our stakeholders, governments, non-governmental organization, international, local, on sensitizing general public, educating everybody on the dangers of child labor. That is not acceptable. That is not something we should be living with in this 21st century. Thank you. Well, I mean, what more can I add to that other than we have to, um, as stakeholders, 
And if I may said it rightly, we have a lot of laws in Nigeria. There are more laws than you could possibly read, but the implementation of those laws is dismal. But we need to protect our children. We need to make it a priority to protect and educate our children. If you don't have the social protection for children, whereby if I see you mistreating a child, I can report you. I can protect that child. There are agencies for the child to go to where they will care for the child and educate the child and they will learn skills and go to unis or go to school or all of those things that are necessary. If, if we don't make that a priority, then we would have failed our children. And my biggest concern is since COVID, this number of 15 million, you can, you can push it aside. I think the number is 50 million children in the world. Uh, actually, in Nigeria alone, we probably even have maybe 50 million children who are child laborers, and we don't even know it because we don't have accurate figures. So for me, it's about social protection, social welfare systems. We see it, we know it works in other countries. There is no reason why we're not implementing them here. Education, education must, must be a priority for this country, um, not just for the children, but for also the parents. Parents need to understand that, um, uh, what is that phrase they use in Nigeria? God is going to provide. God is not going to provide if you don't do the work to provide. You know, it doesn't fall out of the sky and you can't shift your responsibility as a parent to somebody else, a family member, and you can't sell your children as um, a commodity for somebody to take care of them so that you can have uh, a bit of money to keep your family going. You sell a child for 20,000 naira, 100,000 naira, the money is going to finish. And then what? And then what happens? That child is gone. That child has become a commodity for somebody else and they keep being passed around. And then at some point in time, somebody say, you know what, they're too old and, and, and they have no skills. They have nothing to do. This country is not going to develop if we continue to do that. So we must eradicate child labor. It's not going to occur in three years as stated in the SDG. It's not going to happen. It's actually worse now. So education, social protection, and everybody, everybody has to be a stakeholder. Everyone must make it a priority. Absolutely, absolutely Dr. Amma. If I can add one more thing before we wrap up, it's the fact that Every parent must take responsibility for their children. God forbid that we have parents who are looking to their children to provide for them or to work to provide for themselves. I mean, if, if you're not ready to do the work, don't bother bringing children to this world. Some of us have the privilege to grow up to see parents who worked their life out just to make life comfortable for their children. I mean, that's, that's why parents work. I used to think of my dad as a, you know, as a hero until one day when I was young, I followed him to where he worked and the kind of things I saw him, you know, do the kind of, I mean, the kind of things I saw him do, I never knew that was what he did for money. And he's that kind of a man who is responsible. He will go to any length to ensure that his children are educated. When I got admission to school, I remember that the money that I used to procure my form, 
he borrowed it. Mm -hmm. I mean, parents should live their lives and sacrifice their lives for their children, not have children and then have them hog and have them do some hard labor. I mean, I, I understand the economic realities of our time, but we must take responsibility for our children. And I want to say a big thank you to Dr. Amma and Mrs. Nifemi, can I add? can I add something, please, Nifemi? Can I please make one final statement? I'm so sorry to interrupt. We cannot continue to rob, we cannot continue to rob children of their childhood. We cannot continue to rob children of their childhood. If you rob children of their childhood and you make children behave and treat them as adults, they're not adults. They're not psychologically, physically, or mentally able to cope with it. You end up with damaged human <laughs> beings. And those human beings will turn around and abuse others because they don't know anything else. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Ama. I mean, we can go home with that. And everybody can go and think about that. Mrs. Comfort Agboke is the commander, Zona Commander of the National Agency for the Prohibition of Trafficking in Persons, uh, Lagos Zona Command. Thank you so much for joining us yet again. Uh, thank you, Nick. Thank you, everyone. Both of thank you. Bye-bye. So thank you, Nick. All right, that's our show for today. A big thank you to everyone who has listened. No matter how rich we are, we can never be happy seeing a child as a liberal. It hurts every soul, so we must stand against child labor. I am Nifem, you're going to see you some other time. Bye. This has been a Thinking Reimagined podcast. The executive producer is Dr. Amma, co-producer Peter Amon Boyle. And it is moderated by Nifemi Okuntoye. The podcast is edited by Nelkan and supervised by Dun Sokwon. Thinking Remarchant emphasizes the importance of transformational conversations which have as their aim the bringing about of the rich diversity of thoughts and most importantly, powerful and applicable effective solutions and change. The views, opinions and contributions of the panelists are exclusively theirs and do not reflect the opinions of Thinking Reimagined producers or personnel. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening, listening, and we, we hope you have enjoyed, enjoyed this episode. episode. We invite you to subscribe to Thinking Reimagined on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and other outlets. We look forward to presenting another riveting episode next week. Thinking Reimagined podcast is produced by Live Abundantly. We welcome your thoughts and invite you to visit our website, livesabundantly.com or you can follow us on social media on liveabundantly8 thinking, thinking reimagined changing the mindset, the mindset for, for a better, better global, global society, society.